0: We all have a children insi- a child inside us I don't know if you know that or not but there is a, per- a particular kind of psychology that you draw three circles and you make two different figures they look like snowmen and what the top ones are the parents the middle one is an adult and the bottom one is a child And you can analyze every conversation you have by looking at the um, way these two converse. For example, um, Pastor Jeremy and I just had a funny um, communication. And so it definitely wasn't parent to parent. And it's certainly not parent to child, because I'm not going to let him treat me like a child but it was child to child, we were having a good time. And I think we need to remember that whenever we're with anyone and whenever we're talking to ourselves, because it's important that we know who we're talking with and what we're saying. And so today, I think there's an eight letter word found many times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. You probably heard it in some of the music and songs we've already sung. Or you can identify it with a guess. What do you think that eight-letter word is? No? Faithful. Who said that? Oh, the whole side here, okay. (laughs) Faithful, absolutely. You know, it's always interesting to explore the meaning of words and the use of words. We also want to know the meaning and actions of the words we're talking about. How many times have you said to somebody, hello, hello, uh, hello. You get a different response from the way you speak with each other, the way you communicate with each other. And when I think about faithful, we first think about God, Jesus, and the power of the Holy Spirit being faithful to us. For example, the children of Israel during their wilderness journey, had to depend on God every single day. Why? Because they needed to eat, and God provided manna every single morning. And it was provided for the people because you couldn't keep it, and it was no good the following day. And also, you couldn't store it up to use later. So think of this being totally dependent on God. One time, I had surgery on both feet at the same time. So I was in a wheelchair, and my only income was unemployment. And I realized one day that I had no food in my cupboard. I mean not a piece of bread, not a cracker. I had nothing. And so I was sitting there in my wheelchair thinking about what I'm going to do with nothing there, and I certainly can't get out to get something, when there was a knock on my door. And it was one of my co-workers, of whom I didn't know really well, But she said, I don't know why I'm here, but I'm inviting you to dinner with me and my husband. And I readily accepted the invitation. And after I got back, after a great meal and great conversation, I sat down and I said, Lord, thank you for taking care of all my needs. We need to know that we are totally dependent on God. And when we know that we're dependent on God, what does God do? Faithfully meets all our needs. Now, faithfulness today is kind of difficult. For example, there are all different kinds of churches around I can remember my first trip down here from the airport to my house here in Hendersonville. And I said to the person driving me, I knew this was supposed to be the Bible Belt, but I didn't know that they were on every corner. (laughs) And I kid you not count the churches from the airport to here, it's absolutely incredible. And sometimes we don't keep God's word the way it is. We change God's word to fit our situation. So many churches fit the, what they think is God's word into what they think they need. But we are called to understand the word of God Now, God made a covenant, but the covenant was made with people ages ago. But it still happens today. The covenant is still alive and still needs to be lived. And I want you to know what a covenant is. It's a lifelong love bond. It's a mouthful to say, but think of the meaning. A lifelong love bond. It doesn't say sometimes you love me. It says it's a lifetime that you love me. And you don't just love me. It's a bond. And when you bond something, you guys who fix things, how many of you fix things? Some women do too. How many fix things? You, when you bond something, what do you do? You glue it so it can't be separated. Or you screw it so it can't be separated. And that's what God's gift is for us. Imagine what a gift that is, never changing. Now, let's take a look at these images when we view ourselves as being faithful to God, not God being faithful to us. You see, in the Gospel of John, which some of you are aware of because we're studying it in our Bible study, we're told to see ourselves through Jesus' eyes. What would you look like? if you're going to be seen through Jesus' eyes. How would we describe ourselves physically? We've heard and we know that our bodies are God's temple, and that includes our hearts and our hands. Emotionally, to love and develop our ability to pray about reacting to something or someone. And how are we supposed to react in love? And the third thing is spiritually. How do we incorporate God into our total being? Not just our head and our intellect, not just our heart learning to love, not just in our body and our feet moving towards God we have to look at how these images change when we view ourselves faithful to God. What can we do to become more intimate with God the Father and Jesus Christ the Son and the power of the Holy Spirit? First, we need to trust God's words and promises. Personally, I believe we need to add something to the word faithful. We need to experience our relationship with God, not just being faithful, but being faithful with great faithfulness. Now, one time when I was in Boston, I was a member of a group who did spiritual mentoring or spiritual guiding or whatever you want to call it. And one of the things we had to do was go to these meetings and someone has to present their situation in one of their sessions with someone. So this this day I gave my, um, my story and I had a really hard time with, working with this person and I said that and I told them what happened during the session and one fellow in the group turned to me and said where was God in your session where was God in my conversation where was God We know that God always shows us God's faithfulness. So I knew the question was relative to me and not faithfulness to God. And at this point, I pondered not only how I could have guided the person more faithfully, but also how I can use God's faithfulness in everything I do. And in Psalms, One hundred and seventeen. I had the right book. We read in Psalm one hundred and seventeen these words Praise the Lord, all your nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Isn't that what we have to do? Praise God. How do we do this? How do we constantly praise God? We have to look at the difference between being faithful and living with great faithfulness. A question we need to ask ourselves constantly and consistently, what is that difference? Constantly we need to turn to God with all our worship, our gratitude and love. God loves us every minute, so we know God is always available. And as I said earlier this morning, someone once said to me, God's line is never busy. It's always answered. And so we know that God is always available for us. And we talk with him between our prayers and our praises. Now, consistently, what does that mean? Many of us have rituals like praying in the morning or the afternoon or at night. Some people read scriptures daily, praying for those in the bulletin every day. And my main ritual is praying on the armor of God every morning before I get out of bed. But what happens the rest of the day? We need to be consistently faithful. We need to focus on what God would have us do. This church listened to God when it came time for a new bus. That's when we are faithfully asking God, what do you want of me? What do you want me to do? Oh, by the way, has anyone uh, decided what the hymn is today? My goodness, the early morning crowd couldn't get it at all. Nobody got it. You are a great sleuth. And as you look at the altar, I want you to take a look at the rainbow, whoops, in front of me, which is, uh, in the morning you stand down there and it is behind you. And I am a creature of habit. Look at the rainbow because this, is God's promise after the floods. And also in the song, Great is Thy Faithfulness, talks about all the seasons. And so we have grass for the summer. We have colored leaves for the fall. We have a little green tree with snow on it for the winter. And we have flowers for the spring. God provides all creation to us. All creation. Every little thing. And we need to remember that because God provides that for us. Now, in Psalms 100, we read, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his goat goat, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And I just stammered and you haven't said anything. <laughs> we have been having this heckling during the first service, which was fun. Goat. Now, after we read Psalm 100, we know that we have to go further. And I have to tell you, I have a confession to make. I am not a historian. So let me tell you a little bit about Mr. Chisholm, who wrote the words in this awesome hymn. Thomas Obadiah Chisholm was an American songwriter who wrote several prominent Christian hymns. And believe it or not, he was a neighbor of ours because he was born in a crude log cabin in Franklin, Kentucky, on July 29, 1866. Now, without any formal education, he became a teacher at the age of 16. I thought I was young when I started teaching. I was 20, and I had a formal education. He didn't have one, and he started teaching when he was 16. He was an awesome man. At the age of 21, Mr. Chisholm was editor of a hometown weekly newspaper, in 1893, Thomas became a Christian through the uh, ministry of Henry Clay, who was the founder of Asbury College in Kentucky. He then moved to, and I'm going to try to say like a southerner, and I couldn't do it this morning. Louisville?
1: Louisville. Louisville.
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to say it the way a northerner would say it. He moved to Louisville, I should say Louisville, where he became editor of a Pentecostal herald. He was ordained a Methodist minister in 1903 and due to health issues moved his family to Indiana and then to New Jersey. Believe it or not, in 1960. Uh, 16, he began to sell insurance, and he retired in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. By this time, he had written 1,200 poems, of which 800 were published, and many were set to music. So how great is thy faithfulness was a poem that was put to music. How Great Thou Art. Let me change that. In 1989, Great Is Thy Faithfulness was included in the Methodist hymnal. And it's on page 140, if you're interested. Much to our benefit, I believe, and I believe educationally and spiritually, It brings us closer to God. It gives us the information we need to remember to become close to God and to act as God would have us act. You know, when Pastor Jeremy asked me for my favorite hymn, someone else was in the room. Many days later, the person asked me if great is thy faithfulness really was my favorite hymn. You see, this person knew that it is well with my soul is my favorite hymn today. And that's on page 377. Have you ever compared a a historical hymn with a more modern hymn, sometimes called a song? Well, it is well with my soul, also speaks of nature. Peace like a river, sea billows roll, peace that endures. Both hymns talk of trials that will come and that Christ's love and assurance was and continues to be given faithfully. What a God we have. What a God we worship. You see, I believe the two hymns are undeniably related. It's only through great faithfulness that we can witness to it being well with my soul. Many times I believe that hymns repeat messages. Other times they provide a bridge for all Christians and also a road for people searching for the Savior of all people. We cannot overlook the message being for those who don't know the gifts of God, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Lastly, the words of these hymns are truly for those who want to know Jesus in a new and special way. I hope from the bottom of my heart that when you sing a hymn, When you sing a Christian song, when you listen to a hymn or listen to a Christian song, you are going to listen with different ears. You're going to experience with different ears. You say, oh, that's easy to stand up there and say. And it is but it's also something that is attainable. It takes time. It takes effort. Sometimes it's enjoyable when God gives us what we want. You know, there's a story of a little boy who wanted a bicycle for Christmas, and his folks couldn't afford it, so Christmas morning he went down to see what God left him. And his father said, I'm really sorry that God didn't answer your prayers. And the little boy looked at his father and he said, yes, he did. He said no. We don't like to hear no. But sometimes that's the best thing we need to hear. And so we need to be open to everything that God has for us. Now how great is thy faithfulness, and it is well with my soul. Share the message that Jesus gave his life, that we might have eternal life, and we are to give with great faithfulness to God. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, we read, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Well, I got thinking about that. And I heard someone the other day say, you know, we don't have any laws that we really have to obey. I said, oh, really? And I said, what if you were speeding down the street? What would happen? Um, Well, I probably would get chased by a police officer. I said, that's true. But that's no big deal. And they said, yeah, but I may get a ticket. I said, that's a big deal. That's a law that is being imposed. And so we are not called to share our gifts in a way that is not open to God, open to the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, the power of the Holy Spirit is unmeetable. M-E-E-T-A-B-L-E. You cannot come even with the wonder and the gifts of God. And as we think about the gifts, please think about how to use them and how to show God that you are faithful to God, not just God being faithful to us. Amen. Now we're going to um, turn in our hymnals to page 13. You know, I think I've read these words a thousand times. I think I've said these words even more. But they are just so powerful that you never, ever get tired of hearing them and saying them. And let us start with the, um, with the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift up the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he didn't just give himself up, he gave himself up for us. He took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Christ will come again. Lord, I ask that you pour forth your Holy Spirit on all of us gathered here and on these your gifts of bread and wine. Lord, you broke the bread. You said on that Wonderful night. This is my body broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of me. And the neat thing about that is we have the ability to remember over and over again. And then the Lord took up the cup and he said, This is my body my blood shed for you. Take and drink in remembrance of me. And that's how we come to this table in remembrance of what Jesus did for the disciples and for every single one of us. God provided for us that we might have healing, have love, experience grace, and total remission of our sins. And so now will the people who are serving please come forward. This table is a table for everyone, not for just United Methodists. Jesus didn't segregate us for any reason. We are allowed to join at this table and experience what God has for us and come as you're ready, The body of Christ broken for you, a gift of love. Now you have listened to me. Hopefully God touched your heart and you feel changed. And now what I want to do is have you just feed on something beautiful and something absolutely mind-boggling. And I'm going to ask the um, Good Shepherd Light to come out and introduce yourselves
1: it. Maggie I'll take
0: it all for you. I didn't hear you.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, and these two women I just gifted I can't come close to it so I really appreciate them and I hope that you will just be moved by their dance
2: Great is thy faithfulness O God
0: thank you enough. You are beautiful when you dance. And you're, that doesn't mean you're not beautiful when you're not dancing, but you are beautiful when you dance. And I am just so privileged to have you here today, both of you. And now let us go. Let's go forth into the world telling everybody that we meet, whether they want to hear it or not, that Jesus is faithful and we need to be even more faithful because it is what we're called to do. Amen.